Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. For 80 years, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. You are about to listen to another Bible-based lesson with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. Starting now. Thank you for the kind introduction, Jay, and greetings to everyone. We begin with the words of Peter in John 6, 68 and 69, when he answered the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Today, dear friends, we will go unto Christ, if you will, unto His Word and see God's promises and plans for our lives. Did you know there are well over 3,000 questions asked in the Bible? Sometimes questions are asked in order to correct something. Sometimes questions are asked because of a lack of understanding, uh, maybe reservations in one's faith or trust. I mean, after all, we find Peter answering the Lord, Lord, to whom shall we go? When Jesus asked a question earlier, will you also go away? Questions throughout the Bible prompt studies of interest for the Bible student. Questions in the Scripture very well become our questions. You know, speaking of questions, I think about Jesus and how in His earthly teachings He would sometimes answer a question with a question and how He was the master in so doing. Dear friends, from time to time here on the International Gospel Hour, we wish to look at questions asked in Scripture. We will look at context, consider the question, and embrace the answer or answers that will come forth. So let's acknowledge a question from the book of Mark. The question from Mark 8, verse 37 is, What will a man give in exchange for his soul? We're going to look at that question in a moment. And speaking of questions, our J-Webb has something for us that you can help us here on the International Gospel Hour, and it won't cost you a thing. Let's go to Jay. Do you have a question you would like to hear discussed on the International Gospel Hour? A biblical question that you've wondered about? We are always looking for good suggestions and questions, and we'll gladly consider yours. We will withhold your name from our broadcasts. Don't worry about that. We will only address your question. Here's all you do. Please go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and send us your question. We appreciate all of our listeners and thank you for your interest in spiritual things. Again, please go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and send us your question. Now. Back to Jeff. And now our reading today is from Mark, the 8th chapter, verses 34 through 38. That's Mark, the 8th chapter, verses 34 through 38, when Jesus said, When he called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake in the Gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, 
Of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. May the Lord always bless us with the reading, the hearing, and the application of his word. When we examine the context, backing up into Mark 8, verses 31 through 33, we see Jesus teaching his apostles of his suffering, his death, and resurrection. Dear friends, pause for a moment and see this and hear these things through the eyes and ears of the apostles. Imagine hearing this from your teacher as in Bible times their master. To hear of one predicting everything so precisely and not very favorable either, that would have been too much to accept or comprehend. Plus, to hear them say one would rise from the dead after three days? Also keep in mind the words of Jesus that was spoken later to his apostles. In John sixteen twelve and 13, Jesus said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Peter's reply was rather bold. I mean, rebuking Jesus? In Matthew 16, verse 22, it gives us the content of Peter's rebuke that we note here from Mark chapter 8. Listen to the content of Peter's rebuke in Matthew 16:22. Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. And it was, if you will, an honest rebuke in that Peter could not accept God not being merciful unto his son. For just a bit earlier, Peter did declare Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, as we noted earlier in our introduction, and also in Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. But as Jesus acknowledged, Peter was considering the things of men and not of God. And for Peter to be called Satan, uh, that's pretty clear, folks. Jesus then teaches the price of following him, and the overall lesson, and that man does not profit from the things of the world, it is his relationship with the Christ, as we see in a breakdown of verse 34 of Mark chapter 8. Whoever, well that is anyone, as in the text of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that means he gave his Son for all and for everyone. The word desires, that would be one's will, which means there must be a choice. Some will follow Christ, some won't. The phrase, to come after me, that is a phrase of direction, and we learn it is the only direction that is the best direction. The phrase, let him deny himself, we think about the hymn that has the terms or the words, yet tis not I but Christ liveth in me. Let him deny himself. Notice, if you will, the next phrase, and take up his cross, which means we bear it daily. And Luke's account in Luke 9.23 says, take up his cross daily. And the final phrase, and follow me. So if we come after him, the only way is to follow him. Back to the text. 
Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, Jesus summarizes with two questions in one. In verse 36 of Mark 8, he says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? The answer, not one thing. When man dies, all he has profited in this world, he leaves behind. It's as in the old saying, you can't take it with you, and you never see a U-Haul trailer on the back of a hearse, meaning you can't take it with you. And even if you could take it with you, and you buried it with you, it would still be there in the ground a hundred years from now. It may have deteriorated, but you can't take it with you into eternity. The second question, Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? In other words, what is it worth not to lose your soul? It's a very serious and life-searching context, dear friends, of Mark 8, 34-38. And sadly today, there are millions exchanging their souls for the things of the world. Dear friends, from the outset, could this be you? And may we examine these things but for a moment. For example, one exchanges his soul for attention to the physical wants of this world. That's right. An individual will exchange his soul for the attention to the physical wants of this world. Whatever the physical thing is that will satisfy us is what we give attention In our chapter of Mark 8, the people and the disciples witnessed the feeding of the 4,000 in verses 1 through 9, but this was not the end all in verse 20. Dear friends, they would become hungry again. The physical need has to be replenished, and surely they understood the difference in a need and a want. From the very outset, filling a physical want will not save a spiritual soul. In Psalm 49, beginning with verse 6, They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him, for the redemption of their soul is precious, and it ceaseth forever. You see, you can't trust in the wealth of this world to redeem us and save our souls. In 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Dear friends, I use this illustration often. Permit me to use it here. Say, for example, that I was a man full of unlimited wealth. Now, dear friends, I'm not, so please don't start writing the International Gospel Hour. This is an illustration, so bear with me. But let's say that I was a man of unlimited wealth, and I sat down with you, and I asked you, tell me, give me all the debt that you owe, your car note, your house note, everything. Hand that to me. And you hand it to me, and I write you a check, and I will cover and take care of all your debt, and you're totally out of debt. Then number two, 
let's say I turn around and write you another check because of just who you are, and it's the same amount that I paid you out of debt, I'm going to give you that same amount to where you start off with that money. And just because you're joining me and talking to me, I'm going to give you another $10,000 because I just like you. And you listen to the broadcast. No, I'm kidding on that. But here's what I want you to see. Let's say that I was able to do that. Let's say that you have two children, and I will also send them to college. won't cost you anything. Can you imagine such a deal happening? Dear friends, do you know I could do all that? And guess what? It would not save your soul. Not one bit. And we have to be careful realizing the physical wants of this world will not save our soul. That we can gain the whole world and lose our souls. As noted in Mark eight thirty four through 36 when a man fails to deny himself and in turn he pursues all the pleasures imaginable, he gains, but he loses. For in Matthew ten thirty eight, Jesus said, And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. And in Luke's writing of this text of Mark 8, Luke's account in Luke nine twenty three once again, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You know, it is interesting that people wanted to come after Jesus, but were they ready to go with him? One will take up his cross when he sees that it is man's only hope of redemption. For Jesus said in John twelve thirty two, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. One will take up the cross when he crucifies the old man, through obedience to the gospel, and we see that in Romans 6 and verse 6. One takes up the cross when one proclaims the message of the cross, the gospel. And we see that message is brought forth from 1 Corinthians one eighteen through 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 2, when Paul said that he determined not to know anything among them but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You see, dear friends, we take up our cross, which means we're not following on the physical things of the world. We are aiming toward the things that we will apply to our lives spiritually. It was many years ago, actually the year was 1933, in an annual lesson commentary, I noted this writing. Christianity requires time, effort, and money. So do things of the world. If one is so anxious to avoid all the cost of following Jesus that he gives all his energies to caring for temporal things, he will lose eternal life after death. Dear friends, that was true in the year 1933, and it's true in this year, no matter when you may hear this broadcast. So the question before you and I, from the question of what will a man give in exchange for his soul, Are we looking more at the physical than the spiritual? Because we can exchange our soul for the attention to the physical wants of this world. Let's continue this thought when we look at number two. That one will exchange his soul for acknowledgement of the religious curiosities of the world. 
And boy, was this chapter full of religious curiosities. I mean, the Pharisees came with questions to tempt him in Mark eight ten through 13. Jesus even warned his disciples of the false teachings of the religious leaders, they being the Pharisees, and even the political leaders when he mentioned Herod in verses 14 and 15. Oh, wait a minute, you shouldn't deal with politics. Oh, dear friends, Jesus did if the politics were not in accordance to God's will. And it's interesting to see that during all of this, that the Bible speaks of the apostles reasoning among themselves in verse 16. Dear friends, this chapter is full of religious curiosities or people reasoning over matters like his disciples, and yet Jesus will ask, how is it that you do not understand? When we look at that word reasoning as it's defined here in the scripture, it means to bring together different reasons and to reckon them up or to reason and it's used chiefly of thoughts and considerations which are more or less objectionable. I mean, even with Peter, sometimes we find ourselves failing to accept the words of Christ. When we go back to Acts 8, 31-33, or rather Mark 8, 31-33, and like Peter, we find that we're desiring the things of men that are well furnished by Satan. After all, in Second Corinthians 4 and verse 4, he's called the God of this world, And he can transform himself into an angel of light and deceive us. And we're not ignorant of his devices. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11. So dear friends, when we think about the questions that Jesus was receiving, the questions that came his way and how he warned his disciples of the false teachings of the religious leaders and all, we must always be alert and careful in detecting and guarding against false doctrines. 1 John 4 and verse 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they be of God. In Romans 16 and verse 17, the Bible teaches that we are to mark them which cause divisions contrary to the will of God. To mark them, to acknowledge them, and not to deal with them. In Acts 20 verses 28 through 32, we find where Paul exhorted those elders at Ephesus, to take heed unto themselves and unto the flock over which the Holy Spirit had made them overseers, that they would feed the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And then he would go on to say why, that there would be some that would rise up. And he said, even among you as elders, there would be those that would rise up and speak perverse things. Even John, in Second John 9-11, through warned the individual that if any come unto you and bring not this doctrine, the doctrine of Christ... Neither let him into your house, and neither bid him God's speed. If you bid him God's speed, or wish him well in his work, you're partaker of his evil deeds. Dear friends, we need to be always alert and careful in detecting and guarding against false doctrines. The question before us, are we examining the scriptures in light of what we are learning of God? Dear friends, those in Berea, they were more noble than those in Thessalonica, And according to Acts 17, verses 10 and 11, they received the word with readiness of mind and searched the Scriptures daily whether those things are so. Dear friends, are there questions of what we believe in our minds? Let us pause here and allow our J-Web to share a free opportunity in your search of the Scriptures. Brother J. Kind listeners. 
The International Gospel Hour offers absolutely free a Bible study course by mail so you may study in the privacy of your own home. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, I want the home study. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988. And please leave your name, address, and just say, I want the home study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type, Please send the home study. We'll send it as soon as possible. Thanks always for your interest in the things of God. And now, back to Jeff. Finally, dear friends, consider with me that we exchange our souls for the opportunity to embrace the saving words of Christ. We exchange our souls for the opportunity to embrace the saving words of Christ. Or, in other words, keep in mind that Jesus is speaking to the multitude as well as his disciples, which would serve as an inference to the saved and to those not saved, when we keep in mind his word, ashamed. The word ashamed is a strengthened form of a feeling of fear or shame which prevents a person from doing a thing. Now, we note that in Luke 16 and verse 3 of the irresponsible steward, that we're ashamed that it keeps us from doing something. And also this word is a strength informed of the feeling of shame arising from something that has been done. For example, 1 John 2.28, And now, little children, abide in him that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. See, not to be ashamed. So this word of shame means that we may have a feeling of fear or shame that will prevent us from doing something, or maybe shame arising from something that has been done, and we exchange our soul for that feeling and not take advantage of the opportunity to embrace the saving words of Christ. If our fear or shame of something we have done keeps us from obeying the gospel, Dear friends, Jesus Christ has the answer to whatever you have done in your life and will make it right. Don't allow that to keep you from doing what you need to do to make your life right. As we look at this verse of verse 38, dear friends, of Mark 8, if we're ashamed now, we're going to be ashamed later. Matthew's account of this reminds us that he shall reward every man according to his works, Matthew sixteen twenty seven. He will reward you, if you will, for your shame. And that's not a reward you wish to accept. If we confess him, he'll confess us. If we reject or deny him, then it's the same unto us, as we note in Matthew ten thirty two 32-33, and Luke twelve eight and 9. So our question today as we brought it forth, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Will he give attention to the physical wants of this world? Again, dear friends, they will not redeem your soul. You can seek for happiness and everything of a physical nature, but that happiness will not redeem your soul. 
Will a man give acknowledgement to the religious curiosities of the world? Dear friends, they will not educate one soul. They will not educate his soul. It keeps us confused. Rather than us go back to the Bible for its answers, we start seeking answers just about everywhere. We want to go on what we call our spiritual journey. But, dear friends, you and I are making the decisions on what is spiritual. What is spiritual is actually what is biblical, going back to the words of Christ, that he has the words of eternal life, John six sixty eight. Will a man give away the opportunity to embrace the saving words of Christ? As we just mentioned, they will cost him his soul. If man is ashamed of following Christ, it will cost him his soul. If man is ashamed that something has been done and that he cannot turn from it, he is underestimating the power of God. Dear friends, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Don't give attention to the physical wants. Don't give acknowledgement to the religious curiosities. Don't give away the opportunity to embrace the saving words of Christ. And the sad reality is... There are millions giving these things more priority than their very souls. We ask the question, dear friend, are you one of them? Have we prompted you to think about some things today? Have we prompted you to think about your soul and have instilled in you the importance and the responsibility of faith? Faith that pleases God, Hebrews 11.6, and repentance that Jesus commands in Luke 13.3. Confession that we just mentioned in Matthew 10:32, and baptism to save your soul based upon your faith in Christ in Mark 16:16. 16, 16. Dear friends, as we have offered throughout our program, we'd love to hear from you with questions in your search. We would love to share our Bible study course with you by mail. Please let us hear from you. And I am so grateful that you join me each and every time for these studies together. Let's continue our studies together, shall we? My friends, thank you again for joining me on the International Gospel Hour. I'm Jeff Archie, and keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. Oh,